Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Matt. Over there is Ryan, and we are coming at you with episode 609 of the show. Lots to get to on this episode. A little combine review from our guy, Ryan McDowell, who was on site in Indianapolis. Hope you caught some of that on Twitter. Um, we got a Superflex rookie mock as well, so a post-combine mock that we always like to do. And we have three more 2024 rookies to talk about in the rookie report. For any of that, though, let's say hi to the guys. Ryan, you're coming off that trip. Just got home. How was Indy? Yeah, it was uh, It was great, as always. Good to uh, see some of these incoming rookies, you know, up close in person, get a little bit of a better feel for really, you know, kind of what type of people they are and uh, how they how they handle uh, media and interviews. And, and obviously what we got to see on the field was very impressive for, for so many of those guys. So, yeah, it was it was a great time. No doubt some disappointments as well. We'll get to those in the startup as we move along. Matt, we had to watch things in Indianapolis from a distance. Uh, we did the best we could. Sounds like you did a lot of the same that I did. I found that mo- most of my, uh, my time, I got, a, I got a kid playing basketball. So I was at basketball games all day on Saturday. <laughs> uh, most of my free time between games and stuff like that was, was Twitter surfing for information out of Indianapolis. I imagine you were doing the same. I had a bit easier than you. I was actually luck- luckily enough, uh, you know, depending on how you look at it, the girlfriend was out of town last night and uh, and yes, all yesterday. So I uh, I got to sit on the couch and watch basically all six hours of the coverage. So I had a pretty, nice. pretty good day. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm jealous of both of you then. Um, I, I was scrounging and you'll you'll probably hear some of that throughout my uh, throughout the show here. But let's get to the startup and get to this rookie talk. The startup. Ryan, you were the one on hand. So why don't I just hand this off to you? Um, what, were the, what were the things that really jumped off? I guess I guess the the uh, tur- turf there in Indianapolis yeah. for you when, when you spent your time in Indy. Yeah, it felt, you know, I think a couple of things jump out. It felt like there was a little bit of negativity around some of these top incoming prospects based on their choice to not participate, not do some of the things that, you know, that, that we always see these guys do. And and I think for the most part, there's some really good reasoning behind the choices that were made, but, you know, Caleb Williams obviously was a big story, chose not to participate. We heard the deal about the medicals, uh, not, uh, not giving every team in the league his medical information. And when you really think about it, as he put it, he, he can only play for one team in the league. So why should everybody else have his uh, in-depth medical records? I kind of get that. I think it, it makes some sense. Uh, the wide receivers were obviously a big story. And on the positive side, just the depth of the class that, you know, if we, if we weren't already aware of that, it really became clear uh, both in the media session and what we saw on the field, just how talented this wide receiver group is. Uh, but then again, you have the top two guys, Marvin Harrison, didn't even do the media portion. You know, Dan, you got yeah. to go last year. Um, I've gotten to go a couple, a, a few years now. That's that's not something players typically skip. You know, even if they're not going to do the on-field, if they're not going to throw or run, 
we see those guys uh, step up to the podium and answer questions. And not only did Marvin Harrison not do that, he reportedly left town. He was gone as early as, uh, I guess it was Friday, I believe. So that's a little bit of a weird situation. Then Malik Neighbors doesn't get measured. So these top guys certainly wouldn't say they hurt themselves, but kind of left a bad taste in the mouth of some people. Uh, but then a lot of that, I think, was washed away once we got to see them, uh, see everyone else on the field. You know, so so many impressive performances, again, mostly from that wide receiver group. And obviously we saw that 40-yard uh, dash record go down, which was... Uh, yeah, Xavier Worthy, that 4.21. Um, so, like, if you were on Twitter when that happened, and most of us were, right... It was just flooded with information and, uh, you know, the same video over and over and the same takes over and over. You know, the thing that I came away with on that, Ryan, and maybe I'm wrong on this, Xavier Worthy didn't move up. He was already pretty high for me. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to double count his speed. We all we all know he's fast. We knew he was fast going in. I don't know if we if anybody was betting on him breaking that record, but we we knew he was a blazer, uh, especially in shorts. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to take too much into that, honestly. And I think a lot of people across the dynasty landscape are maybe bumping him up a little bit too much based on that. I could see that uh, for sure. And I think not double counting, you know, that was a comment again, you mentioned uh, checking out Twitter. If you were following along on Twitter, I, I saw that comment, that kind of warning from several folks. Don't, don't double count what we see today. We already know for the most part who's going to be fast, who's going to be athletic, who's going to be slow. Let's not move these guys down because they don't run a blazing uh, 40 time. Um, you know, we saw even Joe Milton launch the ball, I don't know, 75 yards or something unreal. We already knew he could do that. Uh, that's kind of the only thing he can do. So, so you know, he doesn't get a bump based on that. Uh, but warning against double counting and actually – uh, actually uh, being aware of it as you update your rankings are, are two different things. So it's, it's so easy to fall into that trap. The one thing that I did bump up, the one guy I did bump up based on like the eye popping performance was Trey Benson though. Uh, yeah. A sub four, four forty. I didn't expect that at 216 pounds. You wrote here in your notes, 99th percentile speed score at 116.3. That is that is enough to raise some eyebrows and should across the dynasty landscape that as far as I know, that was not what I expected. No, it, it wasn't what I expected either. Uh, but what I was hoping for to come out of the week, both in the running back group and the second tier of wide receivers was just a little bit of clarity, you know, whether it comes from the media room, whether it comes from uh, team reports or uh, what was on what we saw on the field let's kind of start to figure out what the order of these guys really should be. And and Trey Benson certainly helped himself. And uh, I I would imagine he's the favorite to be the RB one in our rookie drafts at this point. And of course we still have a long way to go. Ryan or Matt, how about you? What was, what was the thing that really jumped off the screen for you that maybe affected what you were, how you were ranking a player? Uh, well, Trey Benson, it was, was the number one. You guys mentioned that. I just wanted to point out that, uh, that, that speed score, uh, he hit that four, three, nine at 216 pounds. That's what Brees Hall did at 207 pounds. Uh, so that's really good company to be in at, at nine pounds heavier. Um, and then the other guy, uh, running back, honestly, Dan, you can tell me more about him as a, as a Badger guy. I, I have not watched Isaac Gurendo Gar- yet. Um, yeah. 
So, uh, I mean, he put on a show there. Uh, I don't know if that, that, that kind of stuff shows up on, on film, but it's the fastest 40 amongst the running backs. And he did it at 221 pounds. That translates to 125.7 speed score. It's the fastest for a running back over 220 pounds since 2003. And then he did it again in the jumps and the explosivity drills too, with the highest vert, the second highest broad. Uh, and then he showed up on, on the uh, agility drills too, in the three cone with a, with a 6.94, anything under seven there. Uh, and you're really excited about it, except especially for a player at that size. Um, on the disappointing side, man, I was really hoping we'd see, I mean, you guys might've known before. I didn't know that Braylon Allen wasn't going to run the 40. I was really hoping he would do that to see, show, see what he could do at that uh, 235, 240 size that he's running. And then in the, in the, in the passing game drills, man, I, we knew he wasn't going to be a prolific pass catcher, but for see him miss those uh, catches that hit him in the hands a few times there uh, was pretty disappointing for me. Yeah, real disappointing. And, you know, I I actually didn't know that Allen wasn't going to run either. Was that something, Ryan, that came up to you while you were there in Indy? No, I wasn't aware of that either. Um, you know, that's that's a question that um, is asked of a lot of these guys. And, uh, you know, you're kind of bouncing around. You you can't hear the full interview of, of anyone unless you want to ignore seven, seven or eight other players. So I, I just kind of try to bounce around and get as much as I can. Um, so I'm not sure if he was asked about that uh, as far as participating in the on-field stuff, but it was, it was for me a surprise once we showed up uh, yesterday or, or Saturday, I should say uh, that he was not going to be doing really much of anything. Yeah. So kind of a disappointing ex badger, Matt, you mentioned Garendo who, who kind of came out of, out of left field for a lot of us in the dynasty space. You mentioned though, that he was a badger, um, was stuck behind Braylon Allen, didn't get a lot of opportunities, and, and the Badgers have, had, have been pretty deep uh, in their backfield. So Garendo moves on to Louisville in Ryan's territory down there yeah. and then uh, you know gets more of an opportunity. I, I, I haven't watched any of his Louisville tape, but I remember what I saw from Garendo in, in Madison at, at Wisconsin, and he was explosive. They actually had yeah. him returning kicks, and for a guy that size to be your kick returner, I think he's just over six foot, if I remember from what I saw the other day, uh, 220 pounds. And those kind of guys that can take on that kind of beating between the tackles and show that kind of athleticism and explosion, they typically make a make a dent at some point in their NFL career. So I think he's maybe one of the big gainers of the weekend. And we'll see if that translates to what we see uh, from from mock drafts or anything like that moving forward. It's not like he's suddenly going to be a day two pick or anything, but it wouldn't be that surprising if he shows up early in day three and gets an opportunity at some point down the road. So Garendo's a name to keep in mind. Uh, anything else from your time there, Ryan, that you want to mention? Um, you gave us a lot, but is there anything you skipped over? Um, yeah, just, I mean, some interesting things, I guess, more from the interviews. I thought Rome Adunze was super impressive, very, very funny and personable. You know, and, and once they get in front of the mic, some of these guys, many of these guys actually are, are very impressive, but it also feels a bit scripted. Um, and, and they have clearly been practicing with, uh, advisors on how to answer questions. You know, I would say Drake may falls into that category. Yeah. Um, not it, that's not a bad thing. That's to be, uh, you know, to be expected, I guess. Roma Dunze was giving great answers, but also very funny. Very, uh, yeah. I found that that whole interview 
and, yeah. and watched it in its entirety. And I came away thinking the same thing, even, even watching it on the screen that man, he's, he's a electrifying personality and a guy that uh, you can become a fan of pretty quickly. Yeah. He, he, as I said, was great to listen to. Um, Adnai Mitchell from, from Texas. I know he had, had a great day on the field. Interview session was tough. Um, was maybe, maybe, maybe one of those guys that didn't get the, uh, the coaching and, and the uh, advising that, that others did. Uh, at one point he said that he has never run uh, a route full speed uh, because his plan is to save his speed and, and be able to continue to run routes on the, uh, the entirety of the drive. Uh, he, he said, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Uh, so those, you know, those are kind of, kind of things that make you, uh, you know, shake your head a little bit. And I think, I think what he was, you, you know, what he was trying to say was, uh, essentially kind of saving himself for, for the routes that are going to be his, where he's going to be targeted, but didn't, didn't come across very well. Luckily, I think he wiped out any negativity with uh, a really impressive, performance on the field though so we're going to get to our rookie mock draft here in a moment it'll be super flex it's going to be tight end premium as well we're going to do a handful of these throughout this off season as we prepare for rookie draft season which honestly is right around the corner before any of that though we need to get to some uh words from our sponsor for this one this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the guys over at DraftKings and that newest product that I've been talking about the last few weeks. It's called Pick 6. It's a pick'em style platform where you choose players to have more or less of a certain stat, things like passing yards, rushing yards, etc. But the twist that DK has made is that it's a peer-to-peer platform. So if you're contrarian and you outsmart your opponents, the winnings can be massive. It's also available in 21 states, including some that don't even have sports betting. I live in one of those states that don't allow sports betting, but Pick 6 is available. And I can tell you, I already love it, and I think you will too. So sign up using our link in the show notes, and you're going to get a brand new offer as the weather gets warmer and those Pick 6 offers start heating up with it. Um, New customers can get an instant 100% deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. So check it out. Check out those show notes and sign up today. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Guys, it's been too long. What have we been doing? Talking about all these rookies and stuff, not mock drafting. This this is going to be more fun than that, any of that stuff. Although we'll get to a few rookies here in a moment. Two-round, post-combine, super flex, tight end premium mock draft. I drew the number one pick, and it's pretty easy. I'm going with Caleb Williams. You guys mentioned uh, the, the lack of information that was – that was spread, and uh, the fact that Caleb didn't didn't exactly do everything. He he was asked a couple of real odd questions at at, at the podium. Ryan, were you standing there when Caleb Williams uh, was asked his first question? I, I was, yeah, I was right there actually. How was the uh, how was the feel wrong? Did it give you a nervous energy that that it was even asked that way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It, it, yeah, it was uncomfortable, I would say. It was uncomfortable um, for me, and I saw it 20 minutes after it happened, and I felt I kind of felt bad for Caleb that he even got asked that. Um, I hope that doesn't affect who gets invited to, to the combine mo- moving forward. That was that was a goofy one. If you haven't seen it, 
uh, go check out X for that one. Matt, you're up at number two. Yeah, I'll stick with the quarterback position here and take my favorite quarterback in this draft. That's Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, Ryan, you're up at three. Would you have gone with Jaden Daniels if you were at two? No, I don't think so. I think I would have taken the guy I'm going to take here. I, I did want to ask Matt, would you take Daniels over Caleb Williams? It's really close. Like it, it it's really close. It's, you know, I, I want to see how, where they land. I mean, obviously we know that Caleb was probably going number one. Maybe the bears trade a pick, maybe they don't. So I want to see where these players land up and the situation they're in and all that kind of stuff before I really make a decision. But uh, just with the rushing upside, I think it's pretty sure. close. Okay. Um, quarterback, obviously tempting here. There's another really good one, but I'm going to go with Marvin Harrison uh, already being valued as a, a dynasty wide receiver one. Um, so I love, love the value at the three pick. Yeah, I would have gone with Harrison at two as well, but don't blame anybody who wants to in super flex yeah. leagues, uh, take the shot on J- Jaden Daniels at number two. Um, he's certainly a guy that's going to move up draft boards throughout the throughout the process and i wouldn't be shocked if there's more guys like matt that would consider daniels over caleb williams as we move forward here i'm actually going to stay away from quarterback as well i'm going with malik neighbors with the fourth pick i think he slots in right here in my rankings so i'll take him right here yeah was sort of hoping he'd slide but didn't think it would happen um i'm also going to fade uh, the other quarterback here as well. I'm going to take the elite tight end options, tight end premium. I'm going to take Brock Bowers here. And uh, we talked about earlier how people were not doing uh, drills and stuff. I mean, really, what did Brock Bowers have to gain? He's already the locked in tight end one. There's no reason for him to do anything uh, that could change that. So, take yeah, I, I kind of had a different take on that. Not not from a fantasy perspective, but more from an NFL draft perspective. I, I think he has a tall um mountain to climb to to be one of them like top ever drafted tight ends to drop drafted in the top six or eight picks and i think he could have if he was truly that um exceptional in those athletic drills maybe he could have pushed himself up that high um i think he probably settled in the in the more the middle of the first round rather than the high end of the first round of the nfl draft by not by not putting that on film potentially yeah, and Bowers, uh, I guess I, I didn't know this necessarily going into the combine, but evidently just a really quiet guy, doesn't talk much even around teammates, was very uncomfortable at the podium and, you know, v- clearly very nervous, which that that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with his his play on the field. But uh, uh, it, you didn't you didn't come away feeling great about him necessarily. Uh, 1.06. I'm I'm going to take that QB three. Uh, I still think uh, I still think he might be the QB two for me. Very close between he and Daniel, so I'll take Drake May at 1.06. Yeah, that's good value compared to what you see across the industry and in a lot of mock drafts right now. Drake May falling to six doesn't happen all the time. I actually have my fifth guy still on the board. It's Roma Dunze, and I was considering him and Malik Neighbors pretty much equally at, at four or five right in there. So this is a value right here. Feels like a little bit of a drop off though. Right now, Matt, you have the eighth pick. Do you, do you feel the same way? Yeah, there's a big tear break here. <laughs> pretty, pretty massive. I, I would argue. Um, but I will take my fourth wide receiver here. That's Xavier worthy. Uh, not because he's a four, two, one record holder because I like the film. He just, 
he's he, he goes how to get open. He's always open. I love separation. We haven't talked about him yet in the profile series, but we'll get there. Uh, he's he's close to that first tier for me, honestly. Yeah, he certainly belongs in this spot, according to my rankings as well. Ryan, who are you going to go with at the nine pick? Uh, I really want to pass here. Um, that that <laughs> that tier break yeah. is is very obvious uh, after Odunze. I mean, since this is super flex, I'm going to take JJ McCarthy. It it looks like he's going to be a top ten or twelve pick. Uh, and when you know when you're stuck and you're not sure which position to go with. Uh, go with the one that has the most value, and that's obviously quarterback in this format. Yeah, it certainly is, and he was he was going to be my pick there at ten as well. He fits right in there um, because of the tear break and and the, just the difference. I got to go, I got to go with Troy Franklin here, yep. the the yep. speedster uh, wide receiver, and it, you know I've seen some rankings where he gets up there in the six seven range, even in superflex and. I don't think he belongs that high, but I like his game and thinks it'll tr- think it will translate to the next level. So right as of right now, I have him at at uh, number ten in my rankings. So he'll go right. I have uh, one wide receiver in my rankings just before Troy Franklin, and that's Brian Thomas Jr. I have him as wide, my wide receiver five right now, so I'll take him here. Um, I knew he was athletic, but he put on a show, an athletic show at the combine too, and I, I don't think I realized just as just how good of a receiver he was from an athletic standpoint, and being able to play, uh, you know, kind of in the shadow of Malik Neighbors. Like if he had, if he was really the one A in that offense, um, he he probably could have done a lot more from a production standpoint than he did. So love, love Brian Thomas Jr. here. Uh, I'm up at the 12 pick. This, this might be, this is maybe another teardrop after Thomas. I I clearly would have taken Thomas or Franklin here if either had fallen Uh, a couple of other wide receivers, but uh, I'm just not a believer in those guys. I, I think I am going to take a receiver, but maybe a, a little bit further down. This guy impressed. We didn't talk about him during the startup, but uh, loved what I heard from him on the microphone, loved what I saw from him on the field. I'm going to go with Lad McConkey here. Mm. Yeah, Lad McConkey is a riser for sure, continues to rise every time he's in front of a in front of a camera honestly when when he goes to the senior bowl he impresses when he goes to the combine he impresses when you look at the film uh every route he runs it, it's impressive so he certainly fits in this range i had him at 13 so certainly not bad the guy that i had at 12 i'm still i, I, I got to i got to pop that um running back uh I guess group Double. open here. I'm I, I got to go to the running backs here. And uh, I, I made the flip. I, I've been a Bucky Irvin guy, but tr- what Trey Benson did was enough for me to make him a first round pick in Superplex. He's number 12 for me. I'll take him at 13 here. Yeah, he is for me as well, Dan. If you weren't going to do it, I was. Um, Troy, okay. uh, we didn't. Bucky Bucky Irving had a bit of a rough combine uh, athletic. It was rough. He's probably going to fall a little bit. Yeah, I got to back off my stance a little bit based on what he did in India or what he didn't do in Indy. I'm going to go to my, I mean, I just feel, I, for me, I feel like Benson is locked in as the running back one. I, I guess that could change based cool. on capital and landing spot. Um, but the next set of guys are not locked in yet. So my, I am going to take my second running back currently, and that's uh, Marshawn Lloyd, who we're going to talk about later later today. So I'll, I'll save that. Um, but Loved what I saw at the combine and the senior ball and, and the tape is pretty good too. 
Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on Lloyd going 14th? Uh, still feels early to me. I like the player quite a bit. Um, I, I can't see him getting the draft capital that would push him above some of the other running backs uh, that are still available. Uh, I mean, I think just in this exercise, Matt could have gotten him a couple picks later. I really like the player, though, and, and I do. You know, I was impressed with his uh, his weekend at the Combine. Yeah, his his time in Indianapolis was good, and his film is certainly above average, maybe even good. I, I don't think it's great, though. And I have him – I actually have him at the beginning of the third round still. So so mm. maybe I need to do a little bit more work on Lloyd, and I'll do that. Um, that that'll probably come through on my comments later in the show. Like Matt said, he's one of our three that we're going to talk about. Ryan, you're up at 15 overall. I will go with the running back as well. I'll take Jonathan Brooks. Uh, obviously Jonathan didn't see him, didn't see him work out on the field as, uh, he's still recovering from his injury, but he did tell us that he expects to be ready at the beginning of training camp, uh, which is, uh, great news. I'm going to go back to wide receiver here, a guy who got a lot of uh, a lot of screen time at the combine. It's Keon Coleman. Um, I, I still like his game. I, I think he's he's people are going to be all over the map on him. He's another guy we're going to cover in the rookie report. Feels like a little bit of a value right here. I'm I'm still kind of a believer. He has that prototypical size that you look for, and I fall for these guys every damn. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought honestly, I thought we were going to play chicken a little bit on Keon Coleman to see what take him first. I'm glad. He, he I feel like I did. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's going to get the draft capital to be higher than this, but we'll. I mean, we'll talk about him later. He's not. He's not my guy. Um, <clears throat> man, it's getting getting rough out there. Uh, I'll take. You said when you don't know who to take, you go back to the most viable position, and I guess that's quarterback here. So I will take Bo Nix here at 205. Mm. So that was what I was playing chicken with. I, I wanted Knicks, but thought Keon Coleman, and I guess they fit in right here. We were both kind of on the same page there. Um, Knicks, Knicks, I think, is going to go higher than this in a month and a half or two months. Yeah. I, I think he's in the first round of Superflex. I think he'll be a first. I think he could okay. be in that, in that 10, 11, 12 range. That's when I started to consider him, honestly. I'm going to go with uh, a player I think could be a first rounder in the NFL draft, which uh, makes him a pretty good value in the middle of the second. I'll take Adonai Mitchell here, the receiver from Texas. Yeah, if he gets that draft capital, he'll be a riser from this spot as well. We'll see how that that plays out here in the coming uh, coming weeks. Um, gosh, I, I'm not I'm not loving where we're at right here. Um, I'm at the 207 pick right now, and gosh, I, I guess this is the spot to go with Braylon Allen. I didn't want to do the Homer pick. I'm gonna, I'll, I really don't like this spot in the draft right now. Hopefully, we get more information from Braylon Allen. Hopefully, he runs at his pro day. That would, that would certainly help out. Maybe he can regain some of the fantasy stock that he lost with the, with the bad. Really bad showing in Indianapolis, right, guys? Yeah. He was impressive in, in the media portion. Uh, everything he said, I, I thought, was, um, you know, addressed some of the concerns about him. So I came away liking what I heard. I didn't even know this. Maybe I should have as, as, a, um, as an Allen fan, but 
he essentially played no running back in high school. Didn't play running back until uh, the spring of his senior year. That was COVID related. They played spring football that year. And up until basically the very last moment, he was expected to play safety at Wisconsin. Yeah. And Dan, I'm sure, I'm sure as a Badger guy, you, you knew that, but um, to really have almost no experience at the position to be the, I, I think he's the youngest running back in the class, just turned 20, yeah. basically. I've, I've got some, you know, I've got a pretty long rope with this guy as far as, uh, yeah. as far as how I'm going to value him. I'm I'm not moving him far down my board. I certainly would have been grabbing him with my next pick in in this mock draft. That's good to hear because you were there and listened to him. I thought that came through on the screen as well. He seemed like very genuine. Yes. He also yes. looks impressive. If if you look at his oh. body in those shorts, he, mm-hmm. there was a picture on Twitter of him standing next to Blake Corum. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I thought to myself, why did they let a little kid? work out <laughs> that's what it looked like and Blake Corum <laughs> isn't huge by any means by NFL standards but he's he's a pretty big man you know a big guy in real life you know if you compare him next to you and me so uh he made Blake Corum look like a tiny tiny human um man there are three players really four players I'm considering here and I don't feel super great about any of them so I, i'll just take my favorite one i'm going to take ray davis here um it's going to be an older prospect may not get the draft capital to be selected this high might be a third rounder when we come down to our, our real rookie drafts but i just i just love him he did he's, he played so well in the, the the gauntlet drills and uh you know he just looks good he's got a story like i didn't know he was he was basically homeless at 12 years old like he just yeah he made he made himself, and I just love that he's so easy to root for. And he's got you could catch the ball. He's a he's just a bowling ball as a runner. He's elusive. He's got spin moves. He's got stiff arms. I just I just really love the player, and I know I'm going to take him way too early in pretty much every rookie draft this year. Matt, I love I love your analysis of players in, in this time of year because you stick to your guns and you you go with the guy that you want, and sometimes that really looks good a month or two later when everybody else is up there with you. And Ray Davis, he could be one of those guys. Ray Davis could be one of those guys. We'll see if he gets the kind of draft capital and landing spot that, that does this for him. I would say, Ryan, at this point, most people would see Ray Davis as a third rounder, maybe even late third rounder in some cases. I think he definitely helped himself at the combine. I would, I would say a third rounder, but uh, not a late third rounder. I I think more, I think more of an early third rounder. Um, certainly a top 10 running back in the class. Um, and, and, you know, honestly leapfrogged guys like Bucky Irving and, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Aldrich Estime. I think he's, yep. I think, I think it's fair to value him above those guys at this point. I think it's also fair to value the player I'm going to take above guys like that. And if it wasn't for Trey Benson, this guy would have been the story of the combine from the running back position. I'll take Jalen Wright from Tennessee. Mm. Dang it. So athletic. Son of a gun. I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> it was either Braylon Allen or Jalen Wright, and I probably should have gone with Wright. I don't know. Maybe he would have. They're, they're side by side in my rankings now. I'm very excited about Jalen Wright and his potential upside. He could make a make a big surge over the next couple of months, and I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if we're talking about him and Benson right at the top after draft capital comes into play. If he could get the landing spot with that kind of – playing style and the explosion he could get a landing spot that really makes dynasty managers uh excited about his upside i I could see him 
flirting with the first round of dynasty rookie drafts. I got my last, last pick here at the two ten, and I'm going to do what, what Matt did uh, just take my favorite player that's left on the board. And that's Malachi Corley. We talked about him. Yeah. yeah, Bum. (laughs) We talked about him a couple (laughs) weeks ago. I have him ranked a couple spots higher than this. So I feel good about Corley, but man, right. Is a, is a steal where Ryan got him as well. There's some, there's some value down here. Yeah, I, I really like Corley. I like Wright, too. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take the one I thought about at 208, and uh, he had a little bit of disappointing combine, to be honest with you, but I'm going to take the second tight end, Jatavian Sanders mm-hmm. here, ran a 4.69, which I did not expect. I thought he could be in the low 4.6s, maybe the high 4.5s with what you saw on film, but you know, maybe he just had a bad a, a bad couple of runs there at the 40. I'm not sure, but he he to me, he looks much faster than that on tape. Uh, and I still think he's the second best tight end the class. Yeah, that's a that's a nice pick. I'm glad he got into the top 24 because he certainly belongs. Ryan, why don't you uh, take the last guy of this exercise? Yeah, Sanders was going to get in the top 24 because he was my pick. So I'm uh, scrambling here a little bit. Um, ugh. I guess I'll go back to what I said earlier and take a quarterback here. I'll go with Michael Penix. I'm not feeling great about it, though. Yeah, he fits in this range. We have so much left to learn about Penix still, and draft capital is going to really tell you the whole story. If he slides in the draft, he doesn't belong even here. But if he goes as high as some project he may, um, he's going to move higher in in Superflex rookie drafts as well. Any names that we we skipped over? I think the next guy on my list is probably Blake Corum. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, Corum would be next for me. Um, Xavier Leggett, the receiver from South Carolina. Jalen Polk, I like uh, I like here. Uh, Tez Walker, those would be kind of the next guys for me. Anybody else other than that, Matt? Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what happens with this Isaac Garendo kid. I don't know if he's going to make it into the third round of rookie drafts or not, but he's interested. And and then uh, a receiver we're going to talk about later, Jalen McMillan. I, I like him pretty close to this range, too. Yep, he's in the ballpark as well. Obviously did not get to Bucky Irving. Wonder where he would have fallen in a mock draft at this point. Uh, let's get to these rookies we got to cover. It's time for the Rookie Report. Before we do that, though, we should probably pause uh, quickly for a word from our sponsor. It's tough to keep your New Year's resolutions, whether we're talking about Dynasty, you know, we've all got so many leagues already. Are we really going to join another startup? Can we have the amount of time to take on another league? Uh, I'm going to make more trades and be more active this season. You know, we got we got a lot of things going on as a Dynasty manager and uh, Factor is here to help you with some of your New Year's resolutions. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kick your, start your resolutions. 
So how do you get started over at Factor? You go to factormeals.com slash mostaccurate50 and use code mostaccurate50 to get 50% off. That's code mostaccurate50 at factormeals.com slash mostaccurate50 to get 50% off today. So let's get to this rookie report, guys. Um, it starts with wide receiver Keon Coleman, the FSU product. Matt, you already mentioned that he's not necessarily one of your guys, and I completely understand why. I spent so much time on Keon Coleman over the last couple of weeks because I've, I've been kind of, kind of up and down like a lot of Dynasty folks. His athleticism score was not great at the Combine. He did look awfully impressive in that gauntlet drill. He I don't did. know if you caught that. Yep. Full speed, catching everything so easily. Ryan, since Matt's not a big, big fan, let's start with you. What are your thoughts after seeing Keon Coleman in person in Indianapolis? Uh, yeah, there. I mean, there are concerns. We talked earlier about not counting it, not counting it twice, and and we knew Coleman's game was not uh, was not speed, right? Um, he, he's a contested catch guy. Uh, but then when you see that Florida, you just start to worry about separation. Can, can he get the separation needed to be successful? Because those are the types uh, that seem to, that seem to trick us in, in dynasty leagues. We fall for, uh, you know, for the ideal frame, for the highlight reel that we saw from college. And, and he certainly has that, especially this past season at Florida state. Um but then obviously if, if you can't if you can't break free of defenders, you're not going to have that success in the league and you're not going to produce as, as a uh, as a fantasy asset. So I think that's that's the concern. Warren Sharp had a uh, had a tweet that essentially players at Coleman's weight that ran uh, at his weight or higher that ran his 40 time or worse. Uh, only three wide receivers in the last, I believe it was 20 years have been drafted in the top four rounds. Uh, the names were not good. Jarvis Landry was on the list. He was the only one that would be considered a hit at all. So um, Coleman certainly getting drafted in the, in the top four rounds, uh, but could be one of those players that, uh, that ends up disappointing. Yeah, maybe, maybe he does. I've fallen for the, for the size and, high pointing skills i would say that those those shot plays um ball tracking you yeah. know his his ability to go get jump balls and have that ki killer instinct to go get it and pull it down is is probably the best in the class i would say right. and that is a skill that i just i tend to go for he he reminds me a little bit of mike williams and how i liked him when he was coming out and maybe maybe those of us that have had Mike Williams on a lot of dynasty teams right now are saying, well, well, that didn't really turn out. But Mike Williams is always hurt. And the 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 things that Mike Williams have done so well are the same things that that he does, that Coleman does so well. And at 6'3", 213, I, I know he he ran a four, six, uh, 40 yard dash, but that that gauntlet drill. He was the fastest guy in that gauntlet drill, which kind of makes me feel like his game speed is faster than his than his recorded speed. That yeah, actually that's running routes, he's he's faster than what that four six might represent. I, so I tend to lean that way. I took him. I think I took him at sixteen 
in that rookie draft. And that feels like a pretty good discount to me. I think he could fit in at is as high as 14, 13, 14. I think I have him at 14 in my Superflex rankings right now. Last thing I want to say in the positive department about Keon Coleman is I saw a tweet that Lance Zerline did a player uh, player comp for him, and that player comp is uh, Drake London. So hmm. there are people out there that Way really think he has he has upside and and feel like he can be. Uh, a, a dynamic player, especially in the red area. That's what I'm leaning on when I say positive things about Keon Coleman. Matt, why don't you say some negative things? <laughs> well, I will start with some positive things. Uh, okay, at least you're fair. <laughs> well, I, well, let me just start. <laughs> let me. I'll. I'll. I, since you mentioned that comp, I'll start with my comp. My comp is more like the ceiling is like Devonte Parker. And the reason why I say that he's got that strong hands, a strong play strength, and he can win vertically. And he uses that size very well to box out defenders, but he cannot separate. There's always a defender with him, like always. And then when he does catch the ball, he often just falls down after the catch. He doesn't seem to be able to create much opportunity for himself after the catch. Um, and the thing that bugs me the most is Ryan said it first, he's a contested catch receiver, but he only caught 10 out of 30 contested catch opportunities last year. That was for 33%. That was according to PFF, that was 154th out of 200 qualifying receivers. So is it really his best trait? They also gave him his 98th overall in their overall receiving grade, only a 1.74 yards per out run. You really want that to be in the twos, the mid twos at a minimum, really, for a, a true like breakout kind of wide receiver in the NFL. Um, he just he just disappears. You know, he comes up with these incredible highlight real grabs, like you mentioned, but then he disappears for for most of the game. He has six games with less than 50 yards last year, three games with five or only three games with five or more catches. I just don't think he's going to be a volume kind of receiver. I think his absolute ceiling is kind of a kind of a deep threat or end zone target. Um, and uh, I, I want him to win a lot more contested catches than he did if that's going to be his calling card. So uh, he's not he's not for me. Ryan, he said he was going to start with the positives, but I don't think he said anything positive about Keon Coleman. There. <laughs> Strong hands and play strength. He, he went vertically. Those are the three things. All, all right, right. he could be Devonte Parker. Look, <laughs> right, he, he spun them all as the, <laughs> into negatives. Um, Kelvin I, Benjamin, does that work better for I, you? Well, maybe he's he's more explosive than Kelvin Benjamin. I see the same things. That acceleration, especially off the line of scrimmage, and you saw it on that forty. It felt it looked like his feet were in mud, yeah. and he, he just he was pumping his legs, but he just wasn't moving as fast as he he should have been, and that was weird. But then in that gauntlet, he looked. So he looked as fast as he timed. So there, there's just, it's a struggle right now of, of what, what kind of player he really is. He is absolutely a polarizing prospect and a guy that many dynasty managers will be in favor of. And then many will, will just shy away from it. Sounds like Matt, you're one of those guys. As far as draft capital, Ryan, you see him all over the place in mock drafts. The, those that love him seem like he could be an early day two pick. Uh, and, and those that don't, you won't even see them in the second round of a draft. So where, where do you see him going or where does most people see him going? Well, I think we had, we had pretty routinely seen him showing up in first round, the late first round of, of some mock drafts pre combine. In fact, mock draft database still has him as the wide receiver five twenty nine overall. I think that dream is dead. He, he's going to be more in line of maybe where we see him at PFF right now, wide receiver eight, 
39 overall. Uh, I, I essentially think you can take him out of the late first round of mock drafts and put Mitchell there in his place. So that's that's probably what we'll see. I think we'll see his his ADP uh, in, in rookie drafts certainly fall as well. And this is, I mean, this is really the biggest issue I had with Coleman is he's he was wide receiver six and eight overall in our single quarterback rookie so ADP. Um, if he's a if he's a second rounder where you got him today, I like him a lot more than the eighth overall pick in a rookie draft. I, I just can't imagine spending that type of draft capital on on Keon Coleman. So we'll see what happens throughout the rest of the pre-draft process and where Keon Coleman goes. He'll be a guy we'll mention again as we move along. Jalen McMillan is the next guy we need to talk about. And Matt, you said there he's the guy that moved up in your rankings. Why is that? Um, I just he, I think he's better than what he put on the film necessarily in in this final season here last last year and 2022 season. He kind of outproduced Rome in, in some regards. He had four more receptions, two more touchdowns in his junior season, almost the same amount of yards, 1098 to Rome's 1145. And then this year he was he was really hot out of the gate. 20 receptions, 311 yards, and four touchdowns in the first three games. And then he had that knee injury, uh, I think it was in the just in the early second half. Um uh, and it caused him to be basically out of the lineup for for four games. He's just he's so quick off the line. He has uh, n- numerous release packages to get off of the line. His he, he's smooth and fluid as an athlete. He runs smooth runs smooth and fluid routes. He understands how to create leverage both on in and out breaking routes. He's versatile. He plays out of the backfield sometimes. There's a play against Boise State. Um, I think it's close to the goal line, like five or 10 yard line, something like that, where he makes this quick inside move and cuts back outside and then sets up the, the I think it's the safety or the linebacker to kind of pick the, the defender on him. And then he splits both of them for the touchdown. Um, he's just he's just really fun. The questions that I have, Dan, is it, can he play with enough physicality to win at the next level on the outside? I don't know. Um, but I do think he presents a really nice mismatch for an offense against safeties and linebackers. I think he he gives me like skinny Keenan Allen vibes a little bit. Mm, okay. Well, I, that's a nice comp and dynasty managers will love to hear that. He's, he's not an outside threat. I don't think he yeah. can translate to the outside at the NFL level. He's certainly a slot, but he's, he's almost a big slot, nearly 200 pounds. And he's six one. I was just as impressed. Uh, such long strides. Um, and he looks like a, like prototypical slot receiver in like the like the Kyle Shanahan type offense where he's gonna he's gonna work underneath and then get one shot per game down the field he you you said the number one thing that he um uses leverage he he understands leverage and knows how to use that to to create separation and create openings for himself particularly in the short to intermediate route he also had one uh one catch on a slot fade that I saw that I thought to myself that is an NFL catch. That that yeah. is the kind of play that an NFL coach will get a hold of him and see how he used that inside relief lease and fake to get outside and create that space. Caught it over his shoulder. Certainly looks like an NFL slot to me, and maybe even one of those guys that could be a starter from day one and potentially be a dynasty dynasty factor immediately at the next level, depending on what he gets for draft capital. And that's where Ryan. We wonder, is he is he enough of a mover and a shaker? Could he have moved up enough through what he did in Indianapolis and what people are starting to learn about uh, about him right now that maybe 
Jalen McMillan could slide into the second round of rookie drafts, even if it is only in, in single quarterback leagues? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's in a great position to do that. Uh, he's already 28 overall in those single quarterback leagues. He's really just, uh, you know, you could call it a victim, but I about had a heart attack there. You said he's already 28 and I thought you were talking about age for a second. <laughs> I did and I thought, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry for the, sorry for the scare. Now 28 overall of ADP wide receiver 15 in our single quarterback uh, rookie ADP. That's kind of in line with what you see around the space. Wide receiver 16 at PFF. Mock draft database has him wide receiver 18 and 99 overall. So you look at him as uh, essentially a lock to be a day two pick. Uh, I think uh, obviously the closer he gets to being a second round pick, the more value he can gain. Uh, I mean, Matt kind of mentioned it. His Essentially his entire final season was hampered by by this injury. But if you go back a, a year ago, uh, 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 McMillan and Odunze were kind of viewed as a toss up, like which Washington wide receiver do you like more in Debbie leagues? And Odunze typically got the nod, at least in, in the spots that I, uh, that I saw, but McMillan was in the conversation. And now um, that injury, he's, he's fallen behind his teammate, Jalen Polk as well in most rankings. Uh, I think I think McMillan could be a huge value in the NFL draft and in dynasty rookie drafts as well. Mm, I think he's going to go in the NFL draft higher than people expect. I, th I think he's going to be a riser over the next handful yep. of weeks, and he'll certainly be a day two guy uh, to me and, and a guy that might surprise some as even a second round pick. I, I like what he offers an NFL team, and he's going to offer a lot for dynasty players as well. The last rookie we need to talk about is running back Marshawn Lloyd. Matt, you took him pretty high, I would say, in our in our rookie draft, uh, 14 overall. That was a surprise to me, as I mentioned. So what about Marshawn Lloyd makes you think that he could be maybe even the RB2 in this class? Well, I mentioned that Trey Benson had that 99th percentile speed score, Garendo as well. Marshawn Lloyd, though... At 44640, he had a 97th percentile speed score. And if you guys aren't aware, speed score is a really good way to kind of basically standardize weights and sizes with how fast a player is. If they're if they're smaller, if they're lighter, they're probably going to win run faster. Marshawn Lloyd is small, but he is not light. He's 220 pounds, basically the same size as Audric Estime. He ran a 446. Audric Estime ran a 472. So I can tell you a little bit of the burst and speed that Lloyd has over a guy like Estime. Uh, and he just has this start stop ability that is incredible he makes those defenders miss in the open field he's got the burst as soon as he decides to go north south he it just like he just it's like he teleports forward on the field a little bit with that burst um so i, I think his elusivity rating is off the charts um and usually he's not a player that i'm gonna like that much because of that receiving profile only 13 receptions in his final season 18 in 2022 but used mostly as a dump off option he had a couple of nice grabs in the middle of the field but then he came went to the senior ball and went to the combine and he showed that you know, I mean, those are obviously more ideal situations. They're not game situations, but he showed the ability to make those more difficult catches and uh, run wheel, real wheel routes and things like that out of the backfield. So I'm hoping that uh, he uh, that 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 passing game is going to translate. And he just wasn't used that way at USC with Caleb Williams preferring to throw downfield. Right. So um, I do have some negatives, but Dan, I, I like this this player a lot. Yeah, I like him as well. 
Well, and and I like a lot about what you of, of what you were saying there. I actually think that pass catching will translate at the next level. He showed enough at the Senior Bowl to to open enough eyes. The other thing that dynasty managers might care about with uh, with Marshawn Lloyd is he's a low mileage prospect, yeah. right? He 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 was never that full time player in college where he got he got so many touches that you felt to yourself, oh my gosh, he he might be worn down. Never with more than 116 carries in a season. Uh, that was last year as a senior for 820 yards and nine rushing touchdowns. Um, and then as a receiver, just in his entire career, 34 catches, 452 yards and two touchdowns. So there's a lot of tread left on those tires. And he's certainly a guy that um, could could show enough for an NFL team to potentially make him a full town time player. And that's what we're looking for uh, as dynasty managers. We want a guy that's going to be on the field. Um, the, the explosion, explosiveness, the, the, um, the ability to uh, have that burst through the line of scrimmage, that's all there. He's, he's like a slashing runner, right? He's a guy that you're going to need to open up that hole and give him a little bit of space and he could turn it into a big play that that's all pretty exciting. But I think with the negatives that you're about, about to mention, Matt, we're a little concerned about his vision, right? He doesn't see that cutback yeah. hole all the time. And that creates problems for him that turns into negative runs that could keep him off the field at the next level. So that's what keeps me from considering him a second round rookie pick right now without knowing his draft capital and, and pushes him all the way down to the third round at this point. Unless unless somebody can unlock that vision and create that cutback ability inside of his game, I think he's going to be a part time player at the next level. So that scares me a bit. Well, he needs, he definitely needs to go into a, a scheme where he doesn't have to make a ton of decisions early, right? Like he's got to go into a gap scheme where it's one cut and then get up the field because you see him sometimes, I don't know if it's, he doesn't trust the offensive line, what it is, but uh, you know, he, he sometimes either, either, he either, like you said, he doesn't see them or he just ignores obvious rushing lanes waiting for something bigger to develop. He's, he's not a player that wants to take the easy route for positive yards, right? If he thinks a bigger play could develop, he's going to wait for it. And uh, there was a play against Colorado where he built reversed into the entire field to run up for the touchdown. That stuff yeah. is not going to work in the end. That's not going to happen. So that's not going to work. Uh, um, he also has some ball security issues, eight fumbles in his, in his career. You know, there, there are definitely things not to like, but I think all of the, the, the core stuff that you really want to see from a running back, whether it's the side, the speed, the burst, the pass catching ability. I do think that stuff is there. He's a player that can change directions midfield without really losing much speed. Um, so he's, he's got the makings of a back. It's that vision component though. That vision could definitely be what ruins him. He gets run over as a pass protector as well. That might keep him off the field in passing situations. Um, and then he has a big injury history. That's what kept, kept the mileage down for him. I know he tore his ACL, I think in 2021, uh, and he missed, missed games here each of the last couple seasons with lower body injuries as well. Ryan, when you look at uh, potential draft capital when it comes to uh, Marshawn Lloyd, what are we expecting there? Uh, day three, I'm sorry, day two pick would be the ceiling here. Uh, like sure. late, late third rounder is kind of best case. It looks like he's really just kind of stuck in uh, in that deep running back group. We've talked about the the lack of clarity and in, in how to rank and how to value these guys, um, which is true. But I mean, there's, that doesn't mean the, the class is not deep. There's six, seven, eight guys that 
could be top three running backs. And and I think Lloyd is one of those, but he's probably at the bottom of that list. Um, you look at our current rankings. He's the RB6, 26 overall in that single quarterback ADP. Uh, outside of the top 100 or 110 players overall, according to both PFF and mock draft database. So likely looking at, at a fourth round player here. Yeah, I have him. I have him down there close to the to to that range, thirty four overall in my rankings, and I I do reserve um, reserve a little bit of um, the ability to to change my mind on him based on that landing spot. Like Matt, Matt mentioned, if he's in that gap system where he doesn't have to make those decisions early behind the line of scrimmage, he could be an explosive playmaker and uh, create those splash plays that really really t- you know. Uh, help you win matchups in dynasty in fantasy. Uh, I know I said last week that we were going to do our rankings. We didn't have time for them this week. So we're going to push that off one more week. We'll rank all the players that we've talked about in the rookie report. There's a lot of them. So we got some work to do. We're going to be for here for it. Hope you will too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DLF dynasty podcast for Matt. I'm Dan. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.